Today in our first reading, we hear the Ten Commandments, what God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the Ten Commandments are quite familiar to us. We know that in certain places, there are different monuments of the Ten Commandments, maybe outside churches, where I served in Oshkosh at St. Raphael the Archangel. They had the Ten Commandments on one side and the Beatitudes on the other. We know that sometimes they're in public places, which then are liable to lawsuits and challenges legally because of freedom of religion. Maybe in our religious education, in our CCD, we memorized and learned the Ten Commandments. But maybe today, this very day, we can't necessarily name them in order, but we know what they are and we allow them to guide our life. When it comes also to the Ten Commandments, there's actually a different enumeration depending upon your religious tradition. We as Catholics number them a bit differently, putting some separate or joining others together, whereas our Protestant brothers and sisters or those of the Jewish faith might have a different numbering of the Ten Commandments, looking a little different than ours. But what is the same is the summary of Jesus in the New Testament, the summary that he gave in a teaching to the apostles. That when he asked to summarize the law, he said, well, the two commandments are this, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So in that breakdown of the Ten Commandments, the first few deal with our relationship with God, And then the last ones deal with our relationship with our neighbor. I'd like to focus on just the very first one today that we hear that was given to Moses. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. You shall not have other gods Beside me. In this commandment, I think it's rich in a few different ways, and maybe there's two different ways we can look at it today. The first is God reminds Moses who they are and what he's done for them. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. Well, that's the story of Moses and the people the people who are now receiving these commandments, that Moses led them out of slavery in Egypt into freedom to no longer be slaves. So that's a reminder of what God has done for them. Who are they? Well, they are people of God. I am the Lord your God. They belong to God who delivers them from the land of Egypt Moses leading them forth through the Red Sea as it parted, and then into freedom from that slavery. So maybe the very first thing then as we hear this today would be to ask, what has God done for us this week? Or we could look over the course of a month, maybe over the course of a lifetime. What has God done for us? It seems that God wants to remind them, well, remember that you were slaves and now you're free. Remember who I am. 
And so for us today to remember those things that God has done, maybe we just look at the past week and perhaps there was a moment of decision that we needed guidance and we turned to God and we said, Lord, lead me so I make the right choice. And we made a decision and we believe it's the right choice. So that's a way in which God may have been present to us this week. We remember what God has done or maybe we prayed for something and the Lord delivered and we received that grace and that blessing. So we remember then what God has done. What has God done for you? Now, secondly, we move into the second part of this first part of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods beside me. So first of all, it's really telling us that there were other gods at that time, that people weren't worshiping the one true God, but they had many other false gods. And there's a story in the Old Testament with the prophet Elijah that I think illustrates this quite well. The prophet Elijah goes up this mountain and there he meets the prophets of Baal. Baal is one of these false gods and the prophets of Baal want to challenge Elijah. They say, let us call upon our God and let us see which one manifests itself and we'll know then who the true God is. So the prophets of Baal go on for hours singing songs and dancing around an altar and calling out for their God, and there's nothing that's happening. It seems that the god Baal is not listening. So then Elijah calls upon the name of God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And as he calls upon the true God, he manifests his power and magnificence to all of them. And so he reveals that the God of Elijah is really the powerful and the true God. Maybe as it says, you shall not have other gods beside me, we look at the different things in our life and we say, well, has something taken the place of God? Do I worship at some sort of altar that isn't God? How do I spend my time? It's a good question. Just as we considered what has God done for us to remember those good things that God has done, well, maybe we can ask a very similar question. What have I done for God this week? What have I done for God? Well, did I read the scriptures this week? Did I pray to God each day, maybe in the morning and at night? Did I do any sort of Lenten devotion during this season of prayer and penitence. What did I do for God this week? And as we consciously decide to do things for the Lord our God, well, then we begin to replace those false gods in our life, and we turn then to the true and living God. I think these two questions are very good for us to consider. What has God done for us, and what have I done for God? Not only can they guide our Lenten observance, but they can also guide us for the rest of our years.